an angel will provide both political freedoms and economic freedoms. But be that as it may be, most either provide either political freedom or economic freedom. It's very rare to get a leader who provides both political freedoms and economic freedoms. But if I were to choose right now in Africa, we need economic transformers more than political transformers. Because right now, we need economic transformation. And as the Nigerian billionaire, uh, Tony Elimele, the chairman of the Pan-African Bank, UBS, says, political transformation is now behind us. What we need now is economic transformation. This is why I celebrate economic transformers, like John Pombe Magfuli, the departed president of Tanzania, and Rwandan president Paul Kagame. These two presidents are great economic transformers. They they run their country. They run they run their country like a business. As Harvard Business Review old quote uh, Paul Kagame. But they are uh, political authoritarians. They don't tolerate dissent. So I think that is just a consequence of the decision. Because if you think about it, democracy, really plural democracy, makes decision making slower. But if you have a disciplined and lean cabinet, the decisions are able to be enforced by the cabinet and then by the government officials. So really, this really deserves a firm government hand. And as former Kenyan president, now that Daniel Arab Moy said, uh, his discipline was confused for dictatorship. And I think if you look at China presently, it is growing at double digits because of communism, where uh, decisions are streamlined. Because in the 1980s, China and India were at the same level of growth. But India is a democracy. In fact, it's the world's largest democracy, and it's not the United States. India is a democracy. China is a communist country, more like a dictatorship. So in China, decisions are made faster. Whereas in India, the whole bureaucracy made decisions, decision-making slower. So you find that India economy wobbled as China surged ahead and now just an inch away from overtaking the United States as the world's largest economy. So for Africa, for now, we need economic transformers. And what's more, a study shows that for effective democracy to take place, you need per capita income of at least $10,000. Right now, Africa is about $1,500 per capita. So you need $10,000 per capita so that the middle class is well-fed, well-fed, well-housed to be able to, to engage in the deepest issues of the day. Otherwise, right now, the political decisions in Africa are made by the rich, who provide the funds, and the poor, who work as the full soldiers of the rich. So thereby leaving the middle class, which is a very tiny proportion, and they cannot sway public opinion. But once we have a middle class with per capita income of more than $10,000, then Africa will have a great democracy. And then we'll have safer and better institutions that can police the strong men of Africa.
So for now, it's economic transformation first, then political freedoms next. So I addressed these ideas in my book that is the New Africa Rising. That is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. That is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango on Amazon.com for only $4.99. So in the book I basically address how Africa can move from the periphery of world affairs where I call it I call Africa the 1% continent. It contributes 1% of global economic output, even at its, as it's the back-end factory of the world. It's where the world sources its raw materials, its mineral resources from, and yet, overall, its economic output of the world is just 1%. 1% of global trade, 1% of stock market activity, 1% of new patents, 1% of new research output. So how can Africa move from the periphery of world affairs to the front center and leader of the world is what I address. So we need to have an, in 2013 China launched its China dream and adaptation of the American dream in which China hopes to be the world's sole superpower and surpass the United States. What called an African dream consists of? First it needs to be economic in nature. As I've just said, we need a per capita income of at least $10,000 and what's to stop us from getting to 100000 per capita incomes. That will mean we move Africa from the current GDP of $1.5 trillion to a GDP of $150 trillion. I know that seems for first uh, someone will baptize me that I'm, I am dreaming, I am daydreaming. But it's really possible. I believe it's possible to move Africa from 1.5 trillion dollars to 150 trillion dollars within our lifetimes, not in the lifetimes of the children of our children, as Peter Lord Mumba, the orator, will say. Within our lifetimes, it's possible to move Africa from a GDP of 1.5 trillion dollars to a GDP of 150 trillion dollars. So that means we get we focus on entrepreneurship because Africa is the la, is the world's last frontier. And so, if you avail businesses, we get 10 million businesses, each valued at at least a million dollars. We will be way on our way to getting Africa to be the world's largest economy, and where. Africa will be a force for good, not a force for evil. Remember, a force for good. So this is basically what I address in my book, The New Africa Rising, by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. So get it and have a feel of the book on the next chapter for Africa. So you can get all these ideas on Africa and the world on my website, www.mabinda.com. That is www.mabinda.com. Mabinda is M-A-B-I-N-D-A. That is M-A-B-I-N-D-A. www.mabinda.com. Thank you.